Welcome to Magic by Design. If you're listening for the first time, thanks so much for stopping by. We are delighted to have you with us. This podcast is on a mission to watch and review every Disney animated feature film released in cinemas. In each episode, we watch a classic Disney movie, then we talk about it, and there's even a little song at the end. Everything you could want from a Disney-themed podcast. This week, we watched Disney's 35th animated feature, Hercules. But before we embark on our final review of 2020, allow me to introduce myself. I'm Ken, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host slash brother, Garrett. Garrett, how are you? So that's show 2020. Sure is, Garrett. How was your Christmas? Uh, You abandoned us on Christmas for the first time in a long while, so clearly you hate our guts and never want to spend Christmas with us ever again. Well, Garrett, my girlfriend's family was spending Christmas on their own because her parents are at risk. My girlfriend being Nicole, of course. I, I don't know why I said that my girlfriend. She's involved in the podcast. You'll be, she'll be singing to you later. Yes. Unless you leave before the end of the podcast, which I wouldn't really understand why you'd listen to us and then not the nice song at the end. That's, that's like the hook. That's what we put it at the end. That's the entire appeal. This film is inherently flawed. Okay. Because... Off the bat there, Gar. Yeah, okay. So Hercules is the name of a, his Roman name. Yes. Heracles should be the Greek name. This yes. film is inherently flawed. Should be called Heracles. Disney are looking at the marketing and going, I know it's the Roman pronunciation, but it's more marketable, so we're going to go with that. easier to say for children. Heracles is slightly more cumbersome than Hercules, so they were like legitimately altered history with that decision. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's a whole bunch of people, it's like, oh yeah, the, the Greek son of Zeus, Hercules. It's like, no, it's Heracles. Do you think there's kids that think Hercules is a Roman myth? A Greek myth. Yeah, but there's kids that might think that because of the pronunciation. Yes, 100%. I'm, that's probably one of them. <laughs> Hercules is one of my number one all-time Disney films. Are you sure it's, it's not it's, Heracles? It's, sorry, Heracles is my number one Disney film of all time. As a ki- Heracles. Yeah, thank you. It's a compliment. Yes, you're welcome. It's re- new, it's not, actually, no, it's not a new year. I'll still be mean to you on this one. I'll be nice to you for Mulan. Okay, thanks. It's not going to happen. No, it's not. As a kid, I really identified with the character of Hercules. and You were a god? It's cast down, uh, right, it's your god complex. It's like, I really felt like I was uh, a superior being to all those around me, cast down from the heavens, really sludging through life next to the rest of you folk. And then I watched this movie and realised that is my experience in life. I realised that I am a god. No, I, I, you know the way Hercules is derided because they don't understand him and he can't control his strength and he's an outcast and he feels like he doesn't belong and then he goes on a journey to find his place. He's just a dashing, handsome, charming, powerful man who just cannot be appreciated in this time. Time. Exactly. Unlike your relation to Quasimodo last week. It's like, it's a mirror of my life. Yes. As a kid, I... I, I only people will love me! I think the songs are excellent from top to bottom. Uh, underrated, in my view, in the Disney canon. It's quite nice. We had uh, Pocahontas. Bad songs, one banger. The rest of the music in the film is mediocre. Hunchback, bunch of average, mediocre, nothing going on songs. Hercules, bunch of bangers. We're back. Disney is back, baby. We're producing hits. There is songs that that I like more than others, but I don't think there's a single song in that film that I don't like. Yeah, because what what was the name of the dude? Stephen Schwartz is that his name? Yeah, he's out. Yeah, he's out. He did. He, he got colors of the wind. He had one banger. Yeah. Give him that. One proper, like, top-notch, top-tier Disney hit, but the rest of his soundtracks were very mediocre. And then whoever the person came in for this film with Mencken uh, hit it out of the park, produced a bunch of big uh, big numbers, great songs, great ballads, big, like, r- romantic love songs, parodies of, like, famous genres. They nailed it. Good job. There's a gentleman called Zippel who wrote the songs with Mencken, but he pretty much ran the show on this one, but we'll talk about that later. Oh, he got steamrolled? Not did, steamrolled. Did Zippel get steamrolled? But Mencken, you know, he, he you know, it's... Pretty much Mencken songs that you're listening to. Mencken will be like, give me somebody who will do just whatever I ask them to. Pretty much. This Schwartz guy is like, I have Broadway experience. Too many opinions. I want to be a dictator, a a musical dictator. Yeah, whereas Mencken's like, do what I want. And then it produced a much better soundtrack, so clearly do what Mencken wants. Going back to my childhood, because that's the most important thing. Yes, yeah. (laughs) These are like peak Ken films, because you would have been eight when this film came out. I was. Actually, no, still seven. You wouldn't have been eight quite for another month. But And I also remember for my ninth birthday, uh, that's when the Tour de France came to Ireland. It was the same day uh-huh. in 1998. And back then, Gar, it took like a whole year for a film to come out on home video. Yeah. And mom went to the video shop and she rented me Hercules. And like, they did, they give you like the generic box. So I didn't know what film it was. 
and I opened it and it was Hercules and I started jumping up and down because I really love Hercules. You did a full like Sesame Street clap? I did a full on Sesame Street clap which is a deep pull for someone who doesn't know who our family is. Yes and they will never know. But, <laughs> uh, what does the Tour de France have to do with this? I just remembered it was my birthday was the same day the Tour de France came to Ireland. Okay. That has nothing I thought, to do I, th- I thought there was like a Tour de France time to the story it's just a, 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 a happenstance fact here. Just to, to place it in time Gar. So yeah we're full in peak Ken childhood nostalgia. He was but a wee lad and they're like the like because I would have been four going on five and actually no, I would have been five by the time the film came out yep. I would have been five so like that's still like dumb child territory where you don't really have nostalgia for things you liked when you were five yeah. whereas you're like in eight territory where that's where you do have nostalgia for the things you liked I'm right in my nostalgia sweet spot I really like Greek mythology as well I think that's a really cool subject matter Hades is a really really great villain Hercules did not meet expectations at the time but in the years since it's kind of it's not been forgotten I think Disney still, you know, put it up there in terms of it's one of those ones they use to sell at theme parks and stuff like that. And we have our theory again about the intro, that they yeah. only put the intro on the films they really like and want to market, and they put the new intro on front of her, on the front of Hercules. They so did, clearly. but I do firmly believe that this is an underrated gem in Disney animated canon. Um, yeah, hmm, Hercules. I don't know, It's. I think it has very good songs, and it does have some very good performances. But in terms of, because like Danny DeVito and James Woods, uh, God yeah. damn it, why can't people just be normal? Uh, that's a very much a situation where you have to separate the art from the artist because he's the worst now. Yeah, because I am like a full on sadist who can in fact separate art from artist entirely. And I can be like, yep, this was a phenomenal Hades performance. Hades is great. And like the person who plays Hades might be terrible and the worst, but Hades is great and I don't care. So like it's full, it's full like psychopath <laughs> shit. Just like cut it off. Complete emotional disattachment. But, but, yeah, uh, that that thing like plot of the film is kind of like okay. I think it does have story problems. There's a lot of convenient story devices that they put in there, and some of it doesn't make a lot of sense. We'll get into it. I think on an animation level, it's very boring. Yeah, and in fact, that was one of the main criticisms, and we'll get into that as well. That people really didn't like the visual style of the film. It's not even like the start. There's just nothing going on. It's just yeah. not not like a particularly nice looking film, and it has like nice animation ideas, yeah. like like the dude with the traffic lights turning the pots to yeah. be like. Like, stop and go. A lot I of think ga- that's yeah, quite clever. That's another point. There's a lot of gags in this movie. Visual and, you know, there's a lot of dialogue. That, it's very snappy. It goes by very quickly. So, like, you have to watch this film a few times. And even when I was watching it yesterday, there's stuff that I just popped at because you just didn't notice it before. And I remarked last night after we watched it, this is the longest... Maybe the longest to date. It's one thirty-eight, but that's about ten of that is credits, so it's, yeah. it comes up to about one thirty, which might be among the longest of these films. But it feels much shorter than Hunchback. It feels shorter than Pocahontas. It, it goes by much quicker. I didn't find myself checking the time, like I no. perhaps did a little during Hunchback and Pocahontas, being like, how long's left in this thing? It does breeze by, and it has a very distinct three-act structure as well. So yeah, I would think it's not top tier. I would be like below it. But it is very enjoyable and has great music. So I wouldn't be like, whoa, this is one of the best Disney films. You really have to watch this. Like, I don't think it's even remotely in that, like, Beauty and the Beast, Sleeping Beauty tier, Bambi tier of, like, real top-notch, best stuff the studio has ever produced stuff. But I think it's very enjoyable. Personally, for me... Nostalgia, engage. It is. But objectively, I can see why it would be pretty far down the list. Mm, not pretty far down the list. I wouldn't be middle, like... Middle, It's not It's not Black Cauldron territory of mediocrity. Or Aristocats. Uh, well, certainly it's not Aristocats level of horrificness. But but it's it's not even middle. It's like it's like lower top. Yeah, top 10. Uh, there's a lot of these films. I think it might struggle to break... The, top 15 probably okay. is about right. We'll give that. It's in the top like... 40 to 40 percent ish of yeah. these films <laughs> it's a it's in the, per, the it's in the top percentile yes as they say it's in the upper half it's not in the middle but somewhere in the lower upper half development on hercules began in 1992 following a pitch adaptation of the heracles mythological stories by animator joe hadar hadar whatever meanwhile clements and musker who had directed other films as we know that we talked about in recent weeks redeveloped their idea for treasure planet following the critical and commercial success of their film aladdin that project as we know was shelved it wouldn't come for another couple of years and was taken out of development in 1993 so they joined hercules instead that same year let me just point out that you pushed up your glasses like a nerd i did i'm wearing my glasses today and Uh, because this is a podcast and it's an audio medium i think the listeners needed to know that continue they had initially planned to 
make it a bit more serious and, and based on the actual myth you know things like Zeus having an affair with a, a woman that's why Hercules is half human and they, they decided to go in a bit more of a PG or G direction yeah he, he was trying, forced to drink a potion but then didn't drink the very last drop and then strangled some snakes Yes, so he's mortal, but he's also got the powers of a god, and we'll find out later that he can conveniently become a god again. He has to earn it, Ken. Garrett, there's holes in this. We'll talk about it. There is not holes. You're very mad. The project underwent multiple story treatments, and a first script draft was inspired by the screwball comedy films of classic Hollywood, combined with the popular culture of the 1990s. So there's a lot of references in this film. There is a lot of references. This isn't the most, like, we're making a 90s film, and that's actually, I I won't uh, knock the James Woods performance, for a second. I think the script of James Woods in particular is very dated. There's a lot of like 90s references, a lot of um, the the sandals are basically a Michael Jordan references, Air Jordan, Air Jordan references. So there's a lot of stuff that's like 90s pop culture, which I think makes the, the film age a little badly, yeah. particularly in the script, which is probably, the, I think the script is where this film falls down. Actually, no, I think the animation is where this fall, film falls down most, but the, the script follows it closely behind. Yeah, because we get those jokes, but because we grew up then, but if a kid was watching it now, they might be slightly alienated. They said at the time that they, the inspiration was that Hercules would have been, if he was real, of course, would have been the Michael Jordan of his time. So that's where you see all those references coming in and like the problem with pop culture references is even at the time you put them into your film they're probably a little passe you're like oh right a michael jordan reference that's not a joke you know it's not a joke it's a substitute for actually having to think of like jokes and humor and bits and actual you know narrative structure you put in pop culture references and that's easier it's the way family guy gets away with it for like 20 years instead of writing jokes so like it's much easier to do which is the reason everybody does it but the second you do it your film will age like uh, what's something like you right now sitting in front of me thanks Karen you're welcome I love you Merry yeah, Christmas and you risk alienating an international audience as well who might not understand those references I do wonder how often because like Captain America uh, the Winter Soldier if you remember Cap got the list of thing pop culture to keep up with yeah. and they actually localized that list by like broad region so that the UK list had like the Beatles on it whereas the, the US list actually probably also had the Beatles on it but yeah but Disney have been in the habit of doing that in ever well ever since the 90s that they localize in terms of they dub a lot of their movies in multiple different languages and they do sometimes change bits and pieces but I don't think they would have been in that habit back then so but then again I've never seen a different version of this film so who knows yeah but it does mean like these films don't age particularly well because you put pop culture references in there you put references to the the happenings of the time and the happenings of the time are not relevant most of the time to the happenings of us watching it 23 years later Hercules was released in June 1997 around your birthday actually yeah birthday present for me you pushed up the glasses again once again which I will point out every time you do now thank you to positive reviews from critics who praised James Wood's performance as Hades, but the animation, particularly the visual style and the music, received a mixed response. Again, music received a mixed response. Incredibly incorrect take there. Oh god! Like the animation, I get because I don't think the animation. Like again, this is very like Aladdin, in which the animation is at no stage bad, except maybe the three D Hydra, which has yeah. aged the best. We'll get onto that in two seconds. But like the animation doesn't look bad. It's functional. It does its job. But at no point would you look at this film and think it's pretty. So that like that's 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 probably the way this kind of worked. As they turn these things out every two years you know so, sometimes the animation took a punt and then sometimes it's like let's just make like 10 minutes of Pocahontas look gorgeous and then just turn the rest out but saying the music of this film isn't memorable is just absolutely ridiculous I think the music is a home run but we'll, again we'll, we'll, we'll get there despite the positive critical reception the film underperformed at the box office in comparison to its predecessors uh, before ultimately earning 252 million dollars against a budget of 85 million so by no means lost money but Hercules uh, in its first two weeks earned 58 million where Pocahontas earned 80 million and The Lion King earned 119 million so th- th- it was considered a disappointment among Disney shareholders and Disney's stock price slipped 9.7% but in typical executive fashion they blamed that on stiff uh, competition at the time it was up against films like Men in Black and Batman and Robin um, of which it's better than both I wonder this is a very uh, young boy focused film not a young girl focused film Yes, even Aladdin which has obviously a male lead has a lot of Jasmine stuff like, like 
like a lot of stuff more tar- targeted as, at young girls than young boys. So maybe the boy market, and again, if you look back to one of their bigger uh, flops that they pretend don't exist, Black Cauldron, is probably the most recent example I can think of, of which is another like, you know... Male half, protagonist. Yeah, male protagonist, fun adventure film, uh, like obviously a film leaning toward more targeting boys and girls. And maybe that's why. Maybe, uh, obviously Animals are Universal, which is the reason The Lion King pulled everybody in. And then the rest, uh, like Pocahontas and um, I guess, like even Hunchback. Who's Hunchback aimed at? I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, this film also went for broad... Co- this film also largely went for broad comedy and, you know... Slapstick. Slapstick. James Woods making references to pop culture. Appealing to children. Mm. And as you said, a lot of the more successful films like Pocahontas and even The Lion King had some deeper themes that were appealing to adults as well. So maybe just alienated an adult audience. <laughs> the adults didn't drag their kids to it because they didn't think it looked good enough. Which actually, if you if you look at the like, the, what, like what's the deeper message of this film? I don't know. I have some theories on that, Gar. I'm trying to think of like, what's, what's the big takeaway from this film? Uh, power requires sacrifice? Maybe? I think for me it's about... What great power is great responsibility? We'll, we'll talk about the animation. I have, I have some theories on the story first, Gary. As you know, I'm a stickler for format as I push up my glasses again. You can't say it if I say it. Yeah, you did it like twice, but I didn't mention it. I, I moved on from the bit, but you brought it back. Uh, yeah, Ken hates when I just veer off format. I'm just like, I want to talk about things in a non-sequential order. And Ken is like, no! Yeah. But Gary, I think the only reason I want to kind of get onto this is because critics have called the animation the weakest part of the film, describing it as cheap and full of shortcuts. Uh... Would I go that far? I don't think so. I think it's very boilerplate. Yeah. And there's nothing, in the, like as I said, there's not a frame of this film that I think looks pretty. That's not to say it looks bad. It looks, as I said, it's perfectly functional. It does its job. But there's not a frame of this that you'll stop and look at and go like, whoa, that looks so nice. That's just not the film they made. British cartoonist Gerald Scarf was rec- recruited as the production designer and his style was very much inspired the visuals of this film. A lot of the animators found it hard to replicate his style though, so they had to create kind of a a step-by-step style guide to adapt his style for the characters so this was his only collaboration with disney so perhaps that's why it's like it didn't look nice you fail get out but there was concepts and effects in this film that i like i like the fact that they had olympus as a city made of clouds Mm. and you know like at one stage uh there's a kind of funny callback to when you know hercules goes to the market and he knocks one of the columns and then he levels the whole market when someone knocks down a a column on mount olympus it just kind of reappears it just goes poof it's kind it of poops back into existence it reforms they, again they, they use this as an opportunity to go to Greece and Turkey to do some research didn't learn Heracles name but still your free holidays computer animation was utilised in several scenes predominantly in the Hydra battle sequence looks bad again watching these films back to back I know I say this every week it didn't click with me when I was watching this when I was younger or, or even previously because I watched this film pretty often uh, but like it does stick out a lot it does it looks very jarring it's, it's one of the the poor implementations of 3D in these films so far I think that it looks I don't know it looks it just looks bad it just lo- it's the it's the kind of like jarring oh that's 3D 3D yeah. instead of like the organic it's like oh we blended the 3D in, in a way that feels actually pretty good yeah they did make some attempt to kind of cell shade it and make it look like 2D animation but there's just times it looks like a computer game yes so it doesn't look great though the computer game version of the Hydra doesn't look as good it's did, even worse again did you know Gar that throughout the production there was 27 designs for the character of Phil why yeah, and then he just ends up like, but then he just ends up looking like Danny DeVito. Although it says here that he was inspired by Grumpy and Snow White mixed with Bacchus in Fantasia. It just looks like Danny DeVito slapped on a goat. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I did like the character design for Hades, though, especially they used three D to do his hair. I thought that was a good effect. And I love the touch of when he gets angry, he turns red. That's like yeah. it's such a nice little animation trick. Yeah, that that tells you where he is at any given moment. There's I guess a- he turns orange, bored, and red. Yeah. Well, there's like levels, isn't there? Like there's like a full-on red, there's orange. Depends how vexed he is. Yes. Gary, there's a major continuity error in this oh, film. Oh, you always mention this every time we watch this. Hercules, at the end, the climax of the film, reaches into the Sea of Souls to try and grab Meg. Yes. But then his hands get all withered. Mm-hmm. And then he makes his bargain with Hades that if he can get her out, he'll trade places with her. Mm-hmm. But then he dies off that cliff into the Sea of Souls, which is much further down below. Uh, so, Gary, you, you posited the theory that maybe it goes up and down. Yeah, how do you know how the river sticks work? Ken. As I said, are you Sharon? Are you the the boat driver of the River of Death? Are you? 
carrying souls to hell? Is that you? Is that who you do? So you know how the river works? Maybe it ebbs and flows? Maybe uh, a bunch of people died in between the time where he put his hand... Or no, a bunch of people didn't die. So when he... Like, a bunch of people died just before he put his hands on, which, you know, the, nearly overflowed. Oh no, so many people died. It's overflowing. But then, you know, death... It receded. Yes, it processed it down. It's basically a giant toilet of souls. That's the, the joke. And eventually Hades gets flushed down the toilet of souls. But uh, some something, some souls got flushed down into hell and, and, and it receded in the time between he touching it and he diving into it. Okay. Yeah. That makes me feel good. Does it? <laughs> it? It reconciles that in my mind. Yes, you have to interview Sharon and you'll find out. Yeah, I, I didn't... But as, you, as you said earlier... Charon? With Aladdin... Again, it doesn't look spectacular, but it's functional, and you know there's a lot more things about that film that I like than the animation. So I didn't, I didn't think it looked cheap at any point. That is a bit of an error if you want to call it that. It doesn't really change things in the film. Like it's just something like a, a nerd like me will notice. But uh, overall, I think the animation looks fine, and I actually appreciate that even though it wasn't successful, they went for a visual style rather than their you know, their patented style. Yeah, caricaturish, but also inspired by Greek art. Mm. You know those kind of angular lines and stuff like that. And again, it, it didn't really you know, it didn't work, but it, it went for. Exactly. So oh, I, I will always prefer somebody go for something and miss than try the safe choice. And even if the safe choice ended up being better, yeah. safe choice is more boring. But when I try to imagine this film in in the house style of Disney, it also doesn't feel right in some ways. I don't know. It probably would. Like like Hercules, you could like round his features a little and make him look like Pocahontas or Quasimodo and all those people that look the exact same. Yeah, true. Going on here to the story, Gar. One of the things I love about this film is that the the muses take over the telling of the story from Charlton Heston. Yeah. Like if this film was made in the golden age of Disney animation he most definitely would have narrated it it's, or, it's very funny that they brought Charlton Heston in to do like two lines like a gag apparently he was good about it he thought it was funny so he did it of course he did it <laughs> otherwise if he wasn't good about it he probably wouldn't have done it like I, I just have visions of them actually initially hiring him to do it and then changing their minds and then just turning betraying him and, tur- and turning into a bit and being Charlton Heston because like oh I was in that Hercules film I'm going to go see it in the theatre ah yes there's me introducing wait a minute I've been interrupted it's like, where are all my, the rest of my lines? <laughs> but I, I, I just really like that the, the muses told the story, but they told it through song. And I like the visual style of like, you know, every so often when they kind of go to an interlude between the bits of the story that they'd show it on a Greek phase. I, I like that. And the muse songs are the best songs in the film. So that helps. Yes, of course. Because it has that kind of really uplifting kind of gospel vibe that really gets the blood going. Yeah. And they're just great songs. They're just like, like Zero to Hero and um, the other one, A Star is Born. Just great songs. Top notch stuff. I have here a note. It doesn't really need to be discussed, but baby Pegasus is adorable. Yes, Pegasus is adorable in general. Yes, I love it. And he's a he's very protective of Herc and very jealous of Jealous, Meg. of course, naturally. Uh, again, Hades, we, we referenced it earlier. I think he's a top tier Disney villain. He's up, up in the top five for me. Ooh, you see, like I don't think he's deep enough a character to put top, t- very top t- Like, he's not as good as Scar. He just isn't. Whereas, like, I think in terms of, like, the he, you see, I, I will say, Ken, you have to have it all, Ken. Scar has it all. He has the look. He has the performance. And he has, like, the depth of character and motivation. Whereas I think Hades has the look at the performance. Very good, top-notch. But he doesn't have the depth of the character and motivation. He's just, like, bad guy, want to take over Olympus. Not good enough. So, yeah, that puts him behind Scar. But he is very good. But in terms of pure villainy, though, like, he's, he's he has the same scheming mind. And, like, you could see him adjusting on the fly and just, mm. like, manipulating people and using his, his power for bad, which makes him, obviously, the antithesis of Zeus, who is his brother, I think. Brother. They don't really reference that in the film, but... In, they, the- in, in Greek mythology, they are brothers. Yes. Been cast down to hell to look after the underworld. Yes, and the the Titans, who are treated as kind of monsters in this film, are actually their parents. Yes. I'm pretty sure the Cyclops in particular is Zeus's dad. The the Zeus and co. rebelled against the Titans, who were cruel, to take over the world. Whereas, like, the Zeus and company are generally considered not quite, like, good, but more, like, oblivious. Yeah. It's like, yes, we are gods, but we are are not generous gods, but not cruel gods either. We're just here. As opposed to the Titans, who are considered cruel gods and needed to be taken down. But, of course, none of these people can die, because gods can't die. Just the reason they're trapped uh, and only revealed when planets align, which is a very elaborate prison. He means well, but like Hades, I think the performance does elevate it because you do get the same sense like you did with Robin Williams that it's, it feels like spontaneous and that he's ad-libbing and mm. performance feels more authentic and you get a sense of who that character is. He is pretty much James Woods and I like the character design as well. Actually, uh, no, on the topic of the prison that only opens when the planets align, yes. you think they'd have somebody guarding it. You it's like, so? oh, this is the one night every couple thousand years when the planets align and the, the prison that we trapped all of the horrible titans actually is, is made visible for a few hours shouldn't we like 
you know, keep an eye on it that day. Do you think Zeus, when he trapped them, should have not made a ba- like a, a failsafe or a backdoor thing? Like, or do you think that when you cast whatever magic spell, he did uh, there has to be like a, a an out a price or a cut, or maybe it's just like, all right, where do we trap these things? It's like, well, every thousand years, suddenly the Phalanxian line and it opens this hole in the sea, and mm-hmm. we can cover with lightning and like keep them in there, and no one can get out. It's like, oh, it only becomes visible every thousand years. That seems pretty good. Let's we'll put them there. F- we'll <laughs> figure it out in a thousand years when when yeah, it opens. You, you would think it's like, oh today's the planet aligning day remember those people who we overthrew in a rebellion and trapped under the sea maybe we should keep an eye on them today but to your point Gar perhaps they're oblivious and that's the hubris of the gods maybe it is another note I had here Gar Hercules' reaction when he finds out who he is is the perfect reaction because like of course he was like the statue comes to life tells you that you're a god he's like what and he faints yeah but he's like I've often dreamed of a far off and then five minutes later he's thought he's a god so it's not that <laughs> far off a place is it oh man like, I'm gonna go on a really long journey to find oh I'm a god okay yeah. Yeah. So the hero's journey is literally five minutes long in this film also in that sequence Hercules adapts to riding a winged horse shockingly quickly wouldn't we all though he's doing like tricks and like going upside down and stuff like that Pegasus is doing all the work here Ken Hercules is just holding the reins yes hold on for dear life I also wanted to mention Phil Gar I think he's a great character Danny DeVito's great and like uh, I think we, I'm not sure to mention this podcast before but underrated actor of our childhood of course because there's Matilda there's Batman there's this uh, Danny DeVito is really really good it, again he, I actually think his performance is I think the Phil performance is slightly better than the, the Hades performance I prefer Phil in this film I think Phil is funnier yeah. so yeah Phil does more for me I think Phil is great Danny DeVito is great he's a treasure and uh, we watched Matilda like last sometime this year it's legitimately one of the best things I've done this year is watch Matilda because that film is fantastic and entirely a Danny DeVito passion project where he's just like I have read this book I love this book I am making this film and he made the film that's great some people don't like that film but I do. those people are absolute buffoons fools in the world of fools well, like there's the on the tier of fools people who don't like Matilda are quite high in the list of fools yeah I think it's the same as the Victor Hugo brigade from last it's week different from the book they said it in America how could you there's actually I want to say there's a, a wonderful reunion where they got all together I think like 20 years after the film and had a lovely tea party at Danny DeVito's house and all just reminisced about making the film and Danny DeVito still seems so like loving and passionate about the fact that they made this film and he seems to care about all the people that helped him make the film and it's just like oh this is adorable Danny DeVito the best great in this movie speaking of Matilda Gare Danny DeVito did not want to be in Hercules so they went to visit him on the set of Matilda and bought him lunch and eventually he agreed so all it takes is a lunch all it takes is a free lunch there's no such thing as a free actually no that's the opposite of a free lunch because not only did he get a free lunch but then he got a payday for doing Hercules so not only is Phil great comic relief and Hercules' mentor he also acts as his conscience of sorts so he kind of grounds him so I saw parallels there to Jiminy Cricket but I much prefer this character I think Phil is the only character in the film that has a nice satisfying character arc too he does as this guy who tried to train and lead these heroes to greatness and all the heroes somehow failed him and I loved a little bit about Achilles and the Elysian and he touches the heel of the statue and the statue just crumbles and he's trying to find that one person that makes it that, that people they look at Phil and, uh, and are proud of the work that Phil did because all the others in one way or another have failed him and Hercules is finally that guy and it's like oh that's Phil's kid that's Phil's kid and he gets his happy ending and he gets me every time where he finally gets his boy in the clouds you know in, in the stars and then the, the single tear comes down his face and yeah. oh, of course Danny DeVito's in Space Champ too of course maybe that's why he didn't he's like I did my kids film this decade I don't need to do another one yeah also Thebes is pretty much New York like, I never got that in previous films but it's, it's pretty much a, an allegory for New York yeah crumbling society that needs saving you know, full of crime and, and ne'er-do-wells. The Titans, Gar, I, I really like the design of the Titans. I, I don't know if that's based on the myth or not, but I, I know the Cyclops is definitely one of the, the mythological beings, but there's one, there's an ice one, there's a lava one, there's a rock one, there's a tornado one, who Hercules eventually uses to round them all up and throw them into the stars yes. in an Ivan Ooze type situation where they go... Explode in the sky. Explode in the, the distance. Uh, yeah, there's a Kingdom Hearts boss fight in Kingdom Hearts 3 based around the Titans. It's quite fun. Fire and ice and rocks flying everywhere. Also, a level in the game actually fly on Pegasus as the Titans are throwing stuff at you. It's quite hard. I didn't like it. But still, it's quite cool. Because yeah, there's a Hercules game, Ken. Remember those? Because actually, by the time you hear this, no, probably later, it'll probably be sometime tomorrow I'll get that up. A video about uh, Hercules, Tarzan and Bugs Life. I'll say it on the podcast, so I do have to actually do it. Uh, so you can go back and revisit the Hercules game, which is basically playing through the plot of the uh, film with one added level with Medusa in it. Including some... 
cutscenes. Yeah, that like legitimately, and I'll talk about this in the video. But like a big appeal of playing through these games is like it's basically a, a backdoor way of watching the film again. <laughs> pretty much, so you, you, like, and you get one after each level, so it's pretty much an incentive to play through the game just to watch the film, a, a short end of the film. In this film, we have a classic love interest, uh, but it's a bit different because I think Meg is uh, disinterested. Disinterested, like you know, and she does not fall in love in one glance. She's cynical. Herc does, and I, I think the the characterization of Meg is possibly the strongest female character we've had in a film so far and it's come a long way since Snow White how do you feel about the fact that like she's cynical she does not need men but then it's like wait I fall in love again I do need the man yeah we have a classic love interest with a secret double cross here girl hmm where she's been working for Hades the entire time. I don't know. I think that she's cynical towards love, but she meets someone that's kind of pure and kind and, and, and shows her... Reaffirms her belief in love. Yeah, what it's like to love again. So I don't mind that so much. Are you into the Hercules-Meg relationship? Uh, they feel like a weird couple. They do. Like, I don't I, think they have much chemistry. I, like, And at the end, she does like a guilt trip walk away. It's like, oh, I'm so happy for you. I'm going to walk away in your view. You you finally gotten everything you wanted. You've got your power of the god. You're reunited with your family. But I'm just going to be like walking away, looking over my shoulder, making sure you're seeing me walk away. Yeah. Manipulative. I don't know if she's worth it. Maybe no, like, <laughs> I don't know if she's worth it. <laughs> like, giving up immortality for her, in my opinion, is maybe... A immortality much... feels overrated, though. Yeah, that's true. Like, on the list of things that, that like, you could give me, I wouldn't really ask for immortality. And we have, we have to realise as well, in this story, Hercules is only 18. Yeah. So, like, like he's deciding he's going to love this woman for the rest of his life, who's had multiple flailed relationships, and sold him out. So, I don't know. But, uh, no, she's a very strong character, and I appreciate that, you know. In terms of her performance and her words and her, and her actions, in terms of her having agency over her own story, not so much, but... I, I think they're but that's part of the point of the character yeah. her lack of agency as a character because yeah. she sold her soul to Hades to save a man and the man betrayed her yeah. we're the worst is the takeaway from that listen yeah. no one will deny that men are the worst it's one of the like established universal truths of the universe men are the worst Gary you've posited a theory on this as well but I, I want to run this by you again if Zeus can turn off Herc's godhood when he chooses to stay on earth uh-huh. could he have not turned it back on the whole time yes but the point is he had to earn it what do you not get about this Ken but, like, he wanted his son to come home. Could he not just skip that part? No. He has to prove he is worthy of being among the gods. So do you think he has to earn it to turn it back on, but Zeus can turn it off? Yeah. Okay. Because he's Zeus. He's king of the gods. He can do whatever he wants. But he wants his son to earn it. He wants his son to get into heaven, or whatever the equivalent of Olympus. To get into Olympus fairly and with merit, and to make sure he's actually worthy of being there after he was cast down and lived and raised among the people. The slimy people, Ken, on Earth. And his parents just cast aside and are barely in the film for the entire rest of the film. They come back when he gets famous. He moves their hush to his palace or whatever. Sure, good for them. But, uh, yeah. What's that hard that his dad wants him to earn it? <laughs> Yeah, Hercules spends his whole life to that point trying to get back to Olympus and he gives it up moments after finally getting there. Uh, as he said, he's only 18 and Meg is not worth it. But I, I, I think the only reason I mentioned- <laughs> Again, Meg is not worth it. You're really on this. Meg is not worth it. <laughs> she is not giving up godhood for. But I think uh, the thing that you asked earlier, Garrett, and that's the reason I've been building up to this. I'm, I'm building up to it. It's, it's, you're going to get it now. I think the point of this is, as you said, obviously being a god is like a bit fantastical. But if you place that in the context of real life the thing that a lot of people want is to be famous or to be rich power and notoriety exactly and you know you can spend your whole whole life chasing that and like we see this phenomenon in america as well where americans chase the american dream and they vote for people who are rich because they want to be rich so they vote aspirationally rather than their own interests it's a whole thing i don't want to get down that rabbit hole because i'm getting off track i just want to put that in there but like (laughs) i I think that the moral of this film is that you can spend your whole life thinking that you want something and like have tunnel vision and looking to get to that place and then you ignore the things that are in front of you all the time which are that actually make you happy exactly so there so, you go, Karen. That's a nice moral for so this film. It's, it's the exact same moral as the new Wonder Woman movie. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, that's something else I was going to mention. This is well-worn material in Hollywood, but I, I think that's the main take. When I think it's largely successful in achieving that. Yeah, all right, I'll give you that. Thank you, Karen. I did it. But there's no more mature themes, though. No. Other than hell's bad and yeah. heaven L- is live a good life. Uh, well, then the gods don't care if you live a good life or not. Yeah. You don't get you don't get to go to Mount Olympus if you die. Like everyone goes to hell in this movie. Yeah. Good. The underworld, that's the only option. So you're like, doesn't matter what kind of life you live, you just go to the underworld and the gods just are up there in their clouds with their grapes going, ha 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 ha. Yes, living up their lives. Yeah, they are the... It's the a wh- metaphor about 
life and the rich. The gods are the one percent. As we find, as we learn that Hades is actually the good guy, and that the gods here are the bad guys, and they deserve to be overthrown because they could share their wealth with everybody, but they don't. They choose not to. Yeah, they cast him down to hell to do the the crap job. So yeah, whereas Hades is trying to redistribute the wealth, and he's actually the good guy. And we've seen through the, we've now seen this film through an entirely different lens, and there is our deeper message. Except that he wants to take over and be a dictator. So how do you know? Because Why does he say that? Because he wants to rule the world. He never said unfairly, though. I don't remember her any dialogue about redistributing wealth or anything like that. But did you hear any dialogue that doesn't suggest he wants to redistribute wealth? Okay, that's a, a bit of a, a deep pull for a read of this film. But I'll, <laughs> I'll let you have that as well, since you finally let me have my point for once. Uh, Moving on quickly here to the music arc. Nicole will cover it. It's great. Alan Menken is back yet again to do the songs, but this time with a new writing partner, David Zippel. He did not get on with Stephen Schwartz due to both of them writing music and lyrics. They're both having opinions. Double threats. So both of them thought they knew better than the other and Alan Menken wasn't having it. So he's just like... So he just ousted him. Yeah. Menken is like, this is my studio. Get out. (laughs) Yeah. Now give me a yes, man. So I can write my own songs. Who will just do what I ask him to. And in fairness, again, produced better work. So clearly he's right. Go to Distance was nominated for Best Original Song at the Academy Awards and Golden Clothes, but failed to pick up either award. Um, I'm surprised by that. It's not actually... uh, Like, I I would nominate either Zero Hero or Star is Born before I would nominate. I probably, I think... hmm, Which would I... Which do I prefer? A Star is Born, maybe? I like A Star is Born. It's more uplifting. They're both very good. They're both great. And uh, like even the other like the supplementary songs, like like uh, Phil's song is good. I enjoy it. Phil's song is great. People love Won't Say I Am In Love, but traditionally it's my least favourite song in the movie, but I have come to appreciate it more over the years. And even when I listened to it last night, it's... it's I was bopping to it, yeah. Yeah, it's got, like, I bopped to it. I'm like, I, I never used to like it. I used to like wait for that scene to be over, but it's, I was bopping away. I think it, because it has a, a grease vibe. Yeah, and it's a, it's a catchy beat. Yeah. It's a decent song. I, and also, I much prefer the version of Go to Distance from the movie than the actual soundtrack. Sorry, Michael Bolton. Oh, heavy shot Michael Bolton. But yeah. Poor guy, he's doing his best. But like, who would have thought that gospel music and Greek mythology was a match made in heaven? But it, it just, really does work. It just makes so much sense. It just, and I, apparently that was like, it wasn't like a last minute decision, but like that wasn't the original conception for this movie and they decided to go with it. And I think Alan Menken had a lot to do with that. And again, if you said that in a pitch, like some executives are going to sit there going, nope. That makes no sense. Let's just do it the way we've always done it. Get Charlton Heston. Yeah. And I, I think they took a risk and I think it really pays off. Uh, yeah, I, I like I actually like the music of One Last Hope more than the lyrics. Yeah. And it might be because of the video game because the, the, yeah. the score of that song is set to the first level. So it's like... I think it's a clever song. and probably and poss- and great, like, great music. Great music. And possibly one of the greatest aging by montage songs. Yes. Well, I know there's one in Tarzan that's actually very good as well, but... And he he, he doesn't really age by Monta. He just, like, gets older. Yeah. It's just, like, middle point of the song. How much has he aged during this? How long has he been with Phil? I would say... Like a uh, year? Three years? I would say he's 14 when he leaves, and he's 18, obviously, when the film... So four years. Out. About four years, I'd say. Training under Phil. Yeah, that's about right. There isn't much in the legacy of this film. It, it does feature heavily in... Kingdom Hearts. It yes, does. it does. There's levels in all of the Kingdom Hearts games, which I think has both uh, James Woods and the person who voiced Hercules, whose name is escaping me. Tate Donovan. Tate Donovan. I think both of them reprise their roles in Kingdom Hearts, which is rare, given like, and obviously Danny DeVito doesn't reprise his role because he'd probably be way too expensive and busy. So, uh, yeah, so there's levels in Kingdom Hearts 1 when you do the Coliseum. There's levels in Kingdom Hearts Remind. Basically, every Kingdom Hearts game has a freaking Coliseum level, Olympus Coliseum level. You go to the Underworld in Kingdom Hearts 2, you go to like all the mountains of Olympus. Olympus becomes this full featured place in Kingdom Hearts 3. And I said boss fight based on the Titans. Quite cool. Uh, Yeah, it's all over the place in Kingdom Hearts. They love this freaking film. Hercules was followed by a direct-to-video prequel, Hercules Zero to Hero, which served as a backdoor pilot to the animated series, a syndicated Disney television show which aired on the Disney Channel, and I watched it a lot when I was a kid. Yeah, I remember liking that show. It's like, it's basically in those four years while he's training, right? Yeah, it follows Hercules during his time at the Prometheus Academy, so they slotted it into the the canon of the story, and I really liked that. Disney intended for the film to have an open-air premiere at... I don't know how to pronounce this. It's a Greek. It's P-N-Y-X. How would you pronounce that? Pantheon. <laughs> <laughs> it's P-A. That's what I was like. I don't know how to pronounce this. It's Greek. It's P-A. It's like... I'm going to say fix. There you go. Maybe. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not Greek. But the Greek government declined after the Greek media and public panned the film. A Greek newspaper entitled... Uh, 
Ades mestovtas. Let me try that again. Ades metatypos. I'm going to be here all week. Uh, it's a Greek newspaper. Called it another case of foreigners distorting our history and culture to suit their commercial interests. It's not their history. It's their mythological history. That's probably not real. Well, as of course, God is the same thing. That's, I, I was actually, I meant to mention this, that like, we we do a ton of stuff with Roman gods. We do a ton of stuff with Greek gods. We do a ton of stuff with Norse gods. Because we've accepted that they have fallen into mythological status. Like, there's people who have spent their entire lives committing themselves to Zeus and the gods on Olympus until they realize there's nothing there because they actually climbed Olympus and nothing is there. So, we finally accepted that these things are mythological beings and we've made fun things about culture in them. The best game, video game of 2020, Hades, is based around Greek culture. Is James Woods in it? He's not. Not, there's someone else plays Hades and he plays the son of Hades, Zagreus, trying to escape hell to find his mother. Uh, it's the best game of the year. Uh, and like we've made some really good culture based around that. And then we just, you know, we're still like Jesus. We could do some good stuff with Jesus. I'm saying, telling you, Jesus could be an action star. That's what I'm saying. And we're just, we're leaving that on the table. Mark Marin has a joke in his latest stand-up special. I can't remember the name of it. It's on Netflix anyway. You'll find it. About how Jesus eventually is going to be in the MCU. Yeah. So, Gar- Just like Thor. You're not the only person to have that theory. But then again, people responded poorly to the Passion of the Christ, which was supposed... That, that's because people, everyone still believes in Jesus, so that's the problem. Yeah, it was supposed to be faithful and true, but it just angered different pockets of people. And actually, like, Jesus, rarely. Jesus was actually real. Yeah. <laughs> As opposed to Zeus, who was never real. Gar- we don't know that. That's true. Maybe he was. Uh, I forgot I took notes during this film, Ken, uh, so I will go through them all at once. First of all, Jercules, top notch. Yes. What a per. That, that's like a world class put down. I can't be mad at that. That's why you can't name your kid Hercules. If I was called Hercules and someone was like, I'm more like Jercules, I'd be like, eh, you know, fair. fair enough. Fair enough. That's fair. Uh, angry mobs. These films love their angry mobs, whipped up by fear of something. They sure do. Like, oh, Hercules is different. We hate him. Yeah. And the other one is post credit scene, Ken. We have a post credit scene in this film. We do. I think this is the first one. We Obviously, I don't think we've watched all the credits through, so maybe there has been an earlier one that we missed, but this is. Is the first post-credit scene that we've noticed, and it's not really a scene. It's, There's no visuals, no. It's just Hades kind of talking and talking to the audience over the credits, being like, "Hey, I'm still here. You forget about me? Uh, who am I talking to? Because of course he he doesn't die because he's a god. He just gets thwarted. He flushed down the hell toilet and eventually gets out. I'd imagine. Yeah, pain and panic leave him there though because they don't want to pain and panic are quickly. Nah, eh. yeah, take them or leave them. Yeah, they do nothing for me. Uh, and again, they're the let's add another thing for kids. And, and they don't do much for the life of me, Bobcat Goldwaith. I mean, he's a nice enough fellow, apparently, but his voice just really annoys me. And like, you you could legitimately take Pain and Panic out of this film entirely, and this film would play out no differently. That is absolutely true, Gar. Very similar to the Gargoyles in The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Yeah, so they're just comic relief for kids. The fact that we didn't even mention them until the very end of this podcast, I think, tells you about their relevance and the broader ideas of this film. How forgettable they are. A stage musical was piloted with a run in Central Park, NYC, and was planned to debut on Broadway... Obviously has been slowed or shelved due to COVID. Disney theatricals have confirmed their intention to license the show and I am dying to see it. Yeah, I think this would be a good a, a good like stage performance of Go the Distance would be great. Or actually Phil's song. That that would be very, very good. Yeah, and it's great to see it finally making it to a stage in some way because I, I do think it is, it's custom made for a musical. Again, you won't be surprised to hear it's, it's something that we mention on the podcast every week. A live action remake produced by the Russo brothers is on the way. It will contain songs from the original, but the Russos have said that it won't be a shot for shot remake as they are keen to introduce new elements, but they want it to feel like the original. So I think they're going to largely have the same beats, but then taken in a few different directions. I'm worried. The writer is Dave Callahan. I've now gone to his uh, Wikipedia page and would you like to know films that he's co- written or co-written? Go for it. Doom. Oof. Uh, the Expendables. One, two, and three. Actually, no, the, just the first Expendables. He was based on for the other two. So he co-wrote the first Expendables. Zombieland Double Tap. Very mediocre. I liked it. Uh, co-wrote the screenplay for Wonder Woman in 1984. That wasn't bad. Uh, I wouldn't have actually, said... Actually, the exact same of this film. Yeah, so realistically that's his, his dry run for <laughs> Hercules. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the 
still have some faith in it. It's Who's probably, directing? Do they have a director yet? It doesn't seem like it. They might direct it, I'd say, at the end of the day. Nah, probably not. But uh, Producer roles, are like they just watch the film and add notes. You mentioned it's much Do- easier and a lot of money. <laughs> you mentioned Doom there, Gar. Quickly. Dwayne The Rock Johnson, like that could have sank his career before it began. Now he's like the biggest thing in Hollywood, but that really... He did a live-action version of Hercules. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. In fact, when I googled Hercules film, that's the one that came up first, which quite upset me. I've never watched it. I went to see it in the cinema. Did I see it with Ed? Possibly. Probably Ed. I have no desire to see it. That's basically it, Hercules. Yeah, as I said, I, I think it's a, a middle top tier film. Not top top tier, but not bottom top tier, but not like mid-level film. Middle top tier, which is the, the official ranking of this film. You can put that on a poster, Disney. Hercules, middle top tier. Uh, I think top-notch music, uh, some really good performances as seven James Woods and Danny DeVito. Even Tate Donovan is underrated. It's fine. He's like a gee whiz golly hero, everything you've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, actually, Meg's performance is very good as well, I think. I think yeah. that, that, that's a good performance as well. By Susan Egan. There you go. Who had auditioned for many other Disney princesses but didn't get it. Finally got the cynical, like, <laughs> non-princess princess. It's funny that you mentioned that because Alan Menken didn't want her to audition because he didn't think she had it in her. Because she actually eventually originated the role of Belle in Beauty and the Beast on Broadway. So he thought that she didn't have the grit in her to be that kind of cynical heroine. But uh, eventually she got to audition and uh, Meg was born. Yeah, so, uh, so like, big pluses music, uh, good performances briskly plotted even if the and it lacks some deeper themes and deeper characterization but it is briskly it flies on by for 90 minutes downsides not really a landmark achievement in animation not even close and there are some Script issues. It has some script issues, I think, yeah. more than anything. Like, they're not glaring plot holes or anything, and you'll Except go with it. that one that you hate. Yeah, you, you can, no, but you, 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 a lot of it you can go with because it doesn't really matter materially. It's a kid's film, who cares? But if you're being critical, it does, if you start thinking about this film too much, it does unravel very quickly. Like that pillar just happens to fall on Meg. Yeah. When, when Hercules beats the Cyclops, and the pillar fall, happens to fall on And then, like, realistically, Which, Hades shouldn't get blamed for that. That pillar could have been structurally unsound. It yeah. could have just fallen from any reason. That's one of those things I mentioned it's one of those convenient plot points because it restores Hercules' powers. But like you can actually have her get hurt in the fight. I don't know why they went yeah. with like a pillar falls in the aftermath. Well he causes the pillar to fall doesn't he? So yeah but kind of. like you could have the freaking Slycops throw a boulder at her or something. Or pull her off the cliff. <laughs> or swat her away or throw Hercules at her or do something. Something that's like more like proactive not like because uh, I'm going to uh, drop a giant spoiler for Titan Series 2. <laughs> So the end of Titan series two. Uh, skip ahead of like a minute if you if you really don't want to be spoiled on the. I end gave of up Titan on series two. Series I found it very boring. But like they beat the villain, they're all happily ever after. They go to like a camp, and then like a pillar falls from like again entirely happenstance, and it kills one of the main characters. <laughs> and I don't even remember who it is because I don't care enough about the show. But they're all like, "Oh no, it's, it's Wonder Girl." Why didn't they just have somebody be killed by the villain? Like that's much more impactful than just like a pillar falling and she saves a kid from it and dies in the process and I think she gets electrocuted I think it is and it's stupid I hated it so much <laughs> anyway Hercules is a modern classic and people don't understand it and it's perfect and I love it and the podcast is over now so you can't contradict me nostalgia goggles engage all right gods and goddesses that's nearly a wrap on Magic by Design for 2020, if you can believe that. Good Res- God, we're going into 2021, Ken. Maybe yeah. all the bad things will go away next year. Not likely, but we'll see. Freaking Brody Lee died yesterday. It's just another kick in the nuts. Yeah. Just a complete deflating kick in the balls from a shitty year that just can't leave well enough alone, can it's like, it? It's like 2016, like, was it George Michael died right at the end? It's just like, they're just like, just while you're, you're like, okay, the year's nearly over. We've nearly made it, and I just ankle tap you right at the line. It's just one last final gut punch to take the wind, whatever wind was left in your sails out of your sails Gah. resident musical expert nicole is coming up in a few moments with yet another disney bop she had a lot to choose from this week and every one of them is a hit as we said so be sure to stay tuned for that at the end of the show you can find new episodes of magic by design every monday where all magical podcasts are downloaded Check out our website at magicbydesign.buzzsprout.com for a full list of podcast providers. It was bright outside when we started recording this podcast. Now it's dark. Oh, the depths of winter. On our website, you'll also find all our previous episodes if you're catching up or feel like revisiting an old favourite, which is all of them. Magic by Design is also on all your favourite social media platforms. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash magicbydesignpod, on Twitter at magicdesignpod, and on Instagram at magicbydesignpod. If you have enjoyed 
enjoyed listening to our Disney dissections this year and want to support the show, please do consider giving us a review on your podcast platform of choice, share the podcast on your socials, or even recommend the show to a fellow Disney fan. If you give us a five-star review, you'll be entered into a draw to win a year's supply of Herculade and a pair of limited edition Air Hercs. Sorry. Herculade! 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 Just like in the game. Okay. Which actually, they pull lines from the film right into the game. I actually didn't yeah. really notice. I thought they might have done some recordings, but nah, it's just like lines from the film. Just sound bites. We will be back next year at the same time, same place, with a review of Disney's 36th animated feature, Mulan. But until then, stay safe and remember, a true hero is not measured by the size of their strength, but the strength of their heart. And you have to learn that in order to be given god powers, Ken. How hard is this? Ugh. Now then, Nicole is back with a soulful cover of a song from Hercules. She hasn't informed me which song she will be covering yet this week, so it will be a surprise to all of us, even me. Thanks so much for listening this year. We know you have many choices for your aural entertainment so we appreciate you giving us a listen uh, this podcast started as a lockdown project and has given us something positive to focus on as we navigate the covid era counterpoint aristocats and that was one of the, the, the low points that made 2020 even lower those insults we talked about earlier but it's it's been largely good we hope you enjoyed listening as much as we've loved making them happy new year and take it away nicole Hello there, Disney lovers. It's me, your musical correspondent, Nicole, coming to you live from my bedroom. This week, we're going the distance with Hercules. Alan Menken returns for this film alongside award-winning lyricist David Zappel, who's known for his work on the City of Angels musical and who has teamed up with Andrew Lloyd Webber for the release of a new adaption of Cinderella, starring Carrie Hope Fletcher, which is due to debut on the West End in 2021. Fingers crossed. Covid doesn't scupper those plans. Hercules has a distinct gospel sound, which was not the initial idea. Mencken wanted something classic and Greek, a candied approach, which couldn't be further from what they ended up composing. Take a listen to Candide and you'll know what I mean. This is all thanks to John Musker, co-director and co-screenwriter for the movie, who suggested that gospel would be the perfect genre for telling this story about the gods. It is rumoured that the Spice Girls were offered the role of the Muses, but declined due to schedule conflicts. Though, to be honest, their version of A Star is Born doesn't quite work in my head. The Chosen Muses had Broadway backgrounds, and it was said they were allowed to put their own stamp on the roles and the songs, ad-libbing where they felt it was needed. The Hercules track, Go the Distance, was nominated for an Oscar, but ended up losing to Titanic's My Heart Will Go On. So I know you're just dying to know what song I chose this week, and I couldn't resist being Meg for a day, so here's I Won't Say I'm In Love. I hope you enjoy it. If there's a prize for art and judgment I guess I've already won that no man is worth the aggravation That's ancient history Been there, done that Do you think you're kidding? Easier than having to you try and keep it hidden Honey, we can see right oh, through no. Unless you're dying to cry your heart out Say